So as many of you know, uh, this last week, my youngest son and I, Stetson, were able to go spend some time in Utah. Um, the last 14 years, I've been blessed to go out there and to do a cattle drive. And uh, what we do is we go up into the mountains. We go up into a national forest. And the area we go up into is 10 miles long. And the elevation uh, is at 10,000 feet at the very top. And so we're, we're pretty far up there. And the first day that we go up to the top, what we're doing is we're, we're looking for cattle and we're, we're pushing them down the mountain. And the first day is pretty nice because they take us to this nice area where um, there, there's openness. You've got, you know, some goat trails you go down and some steep cliffs and you've got a little bit of deadfall, which is the dead trees that have fallen down. But overall, it's, it's a nice, pleasant ride. The second day, they sent us to a place called Pickle Keg, and it is horrendous. Um, it is full of steep cliffs um, and, and this uh, um, shell-like substance on these cliffs that you can just slide down. Uh, the trees are super thick, and the deadfall isn't just, you know, uh, one tree here, one tree there. It's like everywhere, and you're like, how am I going to get through this? And as you are going through this, you come across these cattle that have not seen people for months. I mean, they're like wild goats or something. They see you and they're like, ah, run! And so your goal is to try to get them to run in the right direction. But you've got all these obstacles around you that you're trying to get through. And so Stetson and I find ourselves alone and we're, we're going, we're trying to push these cattle. And I'm just wishing we had a few more guys. Well, thankfully, we came across two more guys that were a part of our original party. And so the four of us are, are going along and I'm in the lead and these cattle just start taking off running and we're trying to keep up with them so we don't lose them so we can get them going in the right place and so you're dodging limbs up here you got deadfall down here you're going down hills and up hills and all over the place and we come to this place where they take a sharp turn to the left and I get ready to turn and I look and I'm like that hill is steep I mean, if 90 degrees is straight up and down, I think this thing was 80 degrees, and it's too late. I'm going, and I just start leaning back as far as I can so we don't fall over. And then as we're going down the hill, before we get to the bottom, they take a sharp turn to the right. And so we turn real fast, and as we turn, I see this limb coming at my head, but we're on this goat trail, so I try to lean this way without knocking my horse down, and then I come back too, and all of a sudden, we stop suddenly, because I see that there is trees so thick, there's no way I could even walk my horse through it. I don't know how the cows got through it. You know, you see cows out here in the pasture and you, you have no idea what they can do. They are amazing athletes. So we come to a stop. And there's another guy behind me, Stetson and another guy haven't come down the hill yet. We yell, yell out, stay there. Because we got no way out. The only way out is to try and turn around and go back up this hill. But again, this hill is so steep, there's no way to ride up it. So we get off, and we can't even walk up it, okay? We've like got the lead rope in our hands, and we're like crawling, hands and knees, you know, trying to get up. Well, we're trying to lead the horse, but the problem is the horse can't go part way up the hill and wait on you to keep on going. It's going to slide on down. 
So the horse either goes or it stays. Well, this guy's horse takes off that was uh, in front of me, and his horse takes off, gets to the top of the hill, and he doesn't stop. He keeps on going. Well, I mean, we're 10 miles from a vehicle. We don't know where the road is. You can't see anything. You're just in timber on this mountain. And I'm like, this is not good. But I can't leave him behind. The, 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 the uh, uh, slogan from the uh, Top Gun movie, you know, can't leave your wingman. That's like going through my mind. I'm like, all right, I can't leave him. I got to stay with him. So I've got my horse. He's walking. I'm walking. And we go looking for this thing. And we go and we go and we go. And all of a sudden, all the scenarios start going through my head. This is not good. What if we can't find this horse? You know, uh, we're going to be stranded out here. You know, you, you just you start going through all this stuff. And so I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, you know, help me, help me. And by the way, out there, it has prayer prompts everywhere. You are constantly praying. It's really good to get you close to the Lord. So I'm praying, Lord, help us, help us. Uh, At one point, I finally tell Stetson and the other guy, just, you know, take off. We'll we'll just, we'll, we'll keep looking for this horse. So I'm praying. We're going along. And all of a sudden, there he is. He's just kind of off by this tree, just kind of eating, enjoying life, you know, just thankful for the freedom. And so right in that moment, my heart is like, thank you, Lord. And I was ready just to belt that out. And all of a sudden, I'm like, you know, this guy I'm with, it's pretty evident to me that he really doesn't care about the Lord at all. He's, uh, he's lived his life around religious people. Most of the people I, I told you about, most of the people I'm riding with are Mormons uh, out in that area. You know, the LDS church is, is huge. And so, um, so people have heard about the Lord. This guy, he, he's heard about the Lord. But it's very clear to me that he doesn't want anything to do with the Lord. As we were talking in Sunday school this morning, we were talking about the rich man. Uh, This guy, he was wealthy, extremely wealthy. And so instead of belting out, thank you, Lord, I mean, because I'm grateful, I just kind of hold it back. Because I'm like, you know, it's not going to do any good. He's heard it all before. He wants nothing to do with the Lord. And I kind of hold it back. And then suddenly the Lord convicts me and he's like, why did you hold that back? Who are you trying to protect here? You had an opportunity to point out that I just provided for you. I just saved you. And instead of you saying, thank you, Lord, you hold it back because you don't want to what? Offend somebody? Have you ever been in that place? I'm a pastor. Why am I holding something like that back? Well, I want to say it's because I care about other people and, you know, I don't want to put things in their face. I mean, he knows I'm a pastor. I've talked about the Lord to him before. I just don't want to rub it in his face. Well, that wasn't true. I was holding something back and the Lord was convicting me. Have you ever been in a place like that? You know, it is not our job to convince anybody of anything concerning the Lord. Our job is simply this, to follow him and to declare his praises. That's it. 
You, you know, we have opportunities every single day of our lives to simply declare what God is doing in our life. But what happens? We get embarrassed. I mean, even in our prayer time, okay, most of us here are following the Lord. It should be easy to declare praises among one another. But you know what happens? We stop short. Why? Because we're embarrassed. What if we say something wrong? What if somebody criticizes us? All that stuff goes through our head. I mean, even in worship, in worship, we should be exuberant, right? I mean, we're, we're praising the Lord for all that He has done and all that He continues to do in our life. But oftentimes what we find ourselves doing is tempering ourselves. Why do we do that? Because we are concerned about what everybody else around us thinks. And I want you to know something. God deserves our praise. God deserves our praise. And, and the scripture we're going to look at this morning declares that if we don't do it, the rocks will cry out. Why? Because He's deserving of it. That is our role as His creation is to simply declare it. And we go through all this justification. You know, one of the things that we sometimes go through is in um, Corinthians. It, it talks about order and worship. And I want you to know that's really important. Because one of the things that the, the problems in the Corinthian church is that they were using spiritual gifts to bring attention to themselves. Which, by the way, we can certainly do. Okay? And we don't want to be about that. Uh, we don't want to be about using the things of God to bring attention to ourselves. But if we're on the other side of the spectrum and we're one of those that we don't want to make people feel uncomfortable, we can use stuff like that to temper our praise and, and, and to think that it's righteous when it is exactly the opposite. We are holding back the praise that God deserves. The scripture I want to go to this morning is Luke chapter 19. Luke 19, beginning in verse 28. And in this text, what you are going to find is Jesus preparing to enter Jerusalem. He's preparing to enter Jerusalem, um, which is His rightful place. That is the, the place that God had established His kingdom. Jesus is God in the flesh. He, he's come to rescue His people. He is the rightful King and He is approaching um, His city uh, that God has established for Him to reign from. I mean, if this is not a, a time to praise, I don't know what is. But you're going to find some people in the midst of this that are critical. Luke 19. After telling this story, verse 28, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. As he came to the towns of Bethphed, Bethphed, Bethphage, sorry, and Bethany at the on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. 
So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. I mean, think about all the miraculous things that are happening right here. He's getting a colt that's never been ridden, okay? If you know anything about horses, that's crazy, okay? You get on something that hasn't been written, and it's going to be ugly. Not only that, but he tells them what to do and exactly what's going to happen. And guess what? It all happens, How often does that happen? I mean, this is just surrounded by miracles. Verse 35. So they brought the colt to Jesus and they threw their garments over it for him to ride on. As he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, All of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along. They didn't walk along quietly and hum. They shouted. They sang. Why? Because they can't contain it. This is God in the flesh. And what's about to happen, what he is entering into, is a time and a place where he is going to literally save the world. Anybody who wants to be saved is going to be saved. I mean, if this is not a time to to just declare the praises of God, I don't know what is. But but I know we make jokes about this, but but seriously, why do we do this? I mean, we go to sporting events and we're like, ah! We come here and we're like, hmm, hmm, you know. I, I mean, hear me. God deserves reverence. Absolutely. We don't want to be uh, loose with the way that we approach the Lord. We should absolutely approach Him with reverence. But there is a way to be excited and be reverent. There is a way to do that. And so as we approach Him, when we hold that back, we are holding back the Spirit of God. That's what can happen. You know, and, and I've been, you know, I've been in times where um, I can remember <clears throat> family members coming to um, our church and, you know, family members that I grew up with that, you know, were, were very stoic and, you know, we didn't express much. And, you know, they would come in. And I'm like, all right, I, I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. So, you know, I'll try and tone it down a little bit. Is that really what God wants me doing? Well, you're going to find out here that that is not the approach that Jesus took. Verse 37. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. They're not the ones making things happen. All they're doing is just praising God for what had happened. Again, that's what we're called to. You know, God is constantly moving in our lives. Uh, You may think your life is boring, but I'm telling you, I don't care what kind of life you have, God is constantly moving in your life. You uh, can pass away at, at any time. You know, we like to think that we're in a more dangerous place when we're away from home somewhere. You know, when I go out to Utah, you know, Nikki gets really worried, you know, because she hears all these stories and so on. But here's the reality. 
God is with me there the same way he is with me here. You know, we supported some missionaries, the Harrisons, for a long time. And they were off in Africa for years. They're out in the bush. And, and they're, they're going out and they're taking these vehicles out in the middle of nowhere. And they're out with these wild animals. And they're out with people that, you know, they can't even speak to. They don't know their language. They're learning their language. I mean, they're, they're off in these crazy places. The whole time, God protects them. They come back home, Route 37, Tim is driving along, somebody runs into him, and he dies. That's it. He he came from Hearst. That's where he was from. Was he any safer here than in Africa? Absolutely not. God is constantly moving in your life. What God asks of you is that you simply declare it. Because here's the thing. We live in a world of people that say there is no God and everything just happens by chance. And if good things come your way, it's either luck or you made it happen through your hard work. Well, let me tell you something. God calls us to work hard, but I don't earn anything. There is nothing that comes my way that isn't from the hand of God and isn't a direct blessing from Him. And all He says is just declare it. Declare it everywhere that you go. And it's not easy, okay? I'm not here talking down because you've heard my stories. It's hard because you feel the pressure of it. You, you, you feel the pressure of people like, I don't want to hear it. You know, if you want to think it, that's fine. If you want to worship God, go to your little church, shut the doors and do it. But don't be declaring it out here. You know, we, we have this idea that, that we can't, there's certain places we can declare it and certain places we can't. God does not set those boundaries. That's baloney. Everywhere we go, we are called to declare it. Will it get you in trouble? It could. But who are you going to trust in? Are we going to trust in man or are we going to trust in the Lord? Verse 38. Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers For saying things like that, he replied, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. Why? Because even the creation is longing to see what Jesus is going to do. Scripture talks about that. That creation is groaning because even creation is under a curse. Everything around us, even the person who denies God, they know deep in their heart. They, they, they long for something. They're just not willing to turn it over. But what we are called to do is to simply declare it. It's all around us every day. Wherever you go, um, you, we can declare the blessings of God. And every day, wherever we go, we're going to run into people who are constantly speaking negativity, darkness, those kinds of things. And you know what? We don't need to attack them. We don't need to condemn them. All we need to do is just speak out truth. Speak out light. That, that's all that we're called to do. And, and <laughs> here's the thing. You don't even have to produce that. The Holy Spirit produces it all. All you have to do is let it go. 
I'm not going to start singing that Frozen song. <laughs> Let it go. I mean, for real, that's what it's about. Because that's what I did on top of that mountain. All I had, to, it was there. I was like, thank you, Lord. I mean, I'm telling you, because all the things that were going through my head, I knew God had provided that. But you know what? The story didn't end there. I'd like to say that I learned my lesson and, and went on. Um, he was getting on his horse, and I said, all right. He said, should we just go to the road, or should we go back down? And I said, we need to go back down. I mean, we're there to do a job. We're there to find cows. Let's go back down. So he's getting on his horse. I start working my way, you know, down the hill. And uh, again, I, I mean, it, it takes a while. You're trying to find this path and so on. I finally get down to the bottom, and I yell up. I yell his name up. And I don't hear anything back. I yell it again. I don't hear anything back. And I'm like, that's weird. I mean, because, you know, it took me a while to get down the hill, but we're within shouting distance. I go over to Stetson and the other guy, and I say, you know, well, let's, let's wait here a while, and let, let's see what happens. Maybe he just went back to the road, because that's what he was talking about. So we sit there and eat a snack and kind of hang out, and once again, we holler out. We don't hear anything. And I'm like, well, I guess he just went back to the road. So we start pushing cattle, and we spend the rest of the day pushing cattle. We finally get back to the trailer, and we assume he's already going to be there. Because if he went to the road, he wasn't pushing cattle, he wasn't you know, going through the mountains, he just had a straight shot. He's not there. We're like, huh, maybe he's with these other guys. We'll wait. The other guys get back to the trailer. He's not there. I'm like, oh no, this is not good. It's getting late. We're going to send, have to send out search and rescue. And, and the thing is, I mean, I don't care if you had a drone or a helicopter. The timber's so thick, there's so much area to cover. I mean, it, it's, it's just next to impossible to find anybody, especially if they were hurt or something like that. So we're getting nervous. We're trying to figure out what to do. And just as we do that, we hear a voice. And we're like, maybe that's him. We holler out, it is him. He comes riding out of the timber, and there he is. And once again, I'm like, thank you, Lord. And he's over there cussing up a storm. He's so mad because of the way that, that things went. And once again, I have an opportunity not to condemn him, but just to speak out. But I don't do it. I don't do it. Because why? I don't want to deal with the tension. You ever get in that situation? You're like, I just don't want to deal with the tension. Because it's going to happen. These Pharisees, they're speaking out. And by the way, the Pharisees, they're the religious people. They're the people that claim to follow God. You see, if you declare the praises of God, you're not only going to get heat from the world, but you're going to get it from people who claim to follow the Lord. But even still, what does God call us to do? He calls us to declare His praises. There's a couple more um, scriptures. I want to share another scripture with you out of Ezekiel um, 33. In this scripture, um, the Lord calls a person to simply um, warn people, to simply declare something to people. Again, he doesn't call them to change their mind. He just calls them to declare. What this is talking about here, it's talking about a watchman. And a watchman is someone who simply declares when the enemy is coming. I want to read part of this for you in chapter 33 of Ezekiel. 
Um, it says, Son of man, give your people this message. When I bring an army against a country, the people of that land choose one of their own to be a watchman. When the watchman sees the enemy coming, he sounds the alarm to warn the people. Then if those who hear the alarm refuse to take action, it's their own fault if they die. It's not your responsibility to save anyone. That's not what you are called to. You are simply called to speak out truth, to speak out what the Lord shows you, what you are seeing. They heard, verse 5, they heard the alarm but ignored it, so the responsibility is theirs. If they had listened to the warning, they could have saved their lives. But if the watchman sees the enemy coming and doesn't sound the alarm to warn the people, he is responsible for their captivity. They will die in their sins, but I will hold the watchman responsible for their deaths. Again, we're not called to save anyone, but you know what we are called to do? We're called to declare the things that the Lord shows us. To simply declare it. And after that, it's up to them. That's it. We don't have to sit down and have a long argument with them. I mean, if they want to talk to us, that's great. But we're simply called to declare, to declare the praises of the Lord. What happens if we don't do that? Well, in Mark 8, 34, I want to share another scripture here. Jesus says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, for the sake of the good news, you'll save it. And what benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? And, and, and with this person, I kept thinking of that. Because again, they, they were extremely wealthy. They, they, they seemed to have the world, you know, just, just had the world in their hands. But if they don't know Jesus, they'll lose their soul. Verse 37, is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone, verse 38, this is where I want to focus. If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. God calls me to be unashamed. Now, I can say in my heart, well, I'm not ashamed. Well, then why am I not speaking out? Well, they know who I am. Well, then why are you not speaking out? We're all called to simply speak out. You have a, a, a sphere in your life. And, and, and what the Lord often does is he doesn't just use one person. He uses multiple people who simply declare the Lord in their life. And as people observe that in this person's life, in this person's life, in this person's life, sometimes they eventually say, okay, Lord, okay, I, I'm going to give this to you. Again, it's not up to us. We're simply called to declare it. What has the Lord done in your life that you can declare? He's doing something new every day. I just want to encourage you with this. Don't, don't hold back the floodgates of praise, okay? If the Holy Spirit's moving within you, just, just let it out. And again, you can do it in a way that you're not condemning people. Hopefully it's convicting. We're not there to condemn people. We're simply there to declare truth. And maybe they've said no a hundred times. You know what? 
It may be the 101st time that they say yes. Again, we're not, we're not trying to produce that. We're just declaring it. We're never giving up on anyone. Uh, the Apostle Paul, people had given up on him. I mean, when he came to the Lord, they're like, I mean, they're, they're saying to the Lord himself, Lord, are you sure? Are you sure you know what you're talking about? The Lord is able to reach anyone. So let's declare. Let's not condemn, but let's just declare. Even around that person that you work with, that you're like, there's no way. There's no way. Just declare. Just declare the goodness of God and let God do His thing. Lord, thank you.